0: All right. Thank you, Van. Man, it's good again to hear people sing. The last few weeks as I have kind of come into the worship center and uh, Jim sets that camera right there in the middle and then he sets the sound and then he goes up into the booth to make sure everything's being uh, recorded properly and I preach it here uh, to no one but uh, empty pews. So it is good to see you and it's good to hear you sing today. And I do just want to express a moment to show appreciation to Jim and our media team for all that they've done over the last few weeks. They have done a great job. Appreciate how David is either, David's either got a band here or we've listened to some, some uh, pre-recorded music and appreciate all of them. Also appreciate Pastor Jerry so much. And over the last few weeks, he's helped some of our classes get in connection either through zoom or facebook live and uh, most of you all are pretty techie but uh, some of our classes not quite so much so he has really helped in that area appreciate jerry very much for for doing those things you know we we really do have a religion that sings part of of our christian heritage is is that we are singers We worship through singing. It's not a coincidence that the longest book in the Bible is the book of Psalms. It's a hymn book. We are to be singers. And from very early in our life, we learn songs about how great and mighty and strong our God is. So that when we face challenges in life, we can go back and, and recollect those songs. Matter of fact, the most famous children's uh, song probably is the song uh, that we do in church is Jesus Loves Me. Little ones to him belong. They are weak, but he is strong. We sing, my God is so big, so strong, and so mighty, there's nothing my God cannot do, or what a mighty God we serve. See, those are the songs that I sang growing up, and my songs, that some of them that I led as a children's minister, the song Awesome God that Rich Mullins wrote, and boys and girls saying, uh, our God is an awesome God, In when I was doing uh, children's ministry number of years ago. It was it was trying to teach them to remember that when you face the challenges of life, you have a God who is strong and able. Some of the greatest hymns that, that we sang uh, quite possibly growing up in church were songs about God's strength and might and power. How great thou art. A mighty fortress is our God. These are songs that, that talk about the might and the strength of God. He is able to deliver thee. These are songs that, that recollect these themes of God's power and God's strength. And now we sing songs again that, that resonate with this sound that God is strong. He is powerful. He is mighty. Our God is stronger and he's greater. We sing, how great is our God. What a powerful name it is. The name of Jesus Christ, my king. Our God is a lion, the lion of Judah. He's roaring in battle. The picture is God is strong. All of us face challenges in our life. Can I tell you that that this will not be the last, the last international, national, uh, county-wide personal struggle that you face as we've walked through the pandemic over the last few weeks. You've got bigger battles that are still ahead of you. I hate to be the pessimist here, but the truth of the matter is, is, is nearly all of us will have have bigger battles that we still have to face in life. And what do we need to be reminded of? The awesome power, the strength, the might, the ability of our God. And as Paul closes Ephesians 1 through 3 and prays for the church at Ephesus, he closes his prayer reminding them that our God is strong. Pray in faith. So take your Bibles this morning and turn me to Ephesians chapter 3, and we're going to pick up in verse number 20. Ephesians chapter 3, and we'll pick up in verse 20. The prayer starts in verse number 14, and then comes to a conclusion in verse number 21. Ephesians chapter 3, verse number 20. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. To him be glory in the church, by Christ Jesus, to all generations, forever and ever. Amen. And with that, let's pray. God, would you remind us and inspire and encourage us that we have a God who is able. Lord, may it be etched in our heart. May we never forget it. When the trials come, when the giants stand before us, when the valleys are deep, God, help us to be reminded you are a God who is able. In your name, amen. In Ephesians chapter 3, verse number 14, Paul says that he goes to his knees for the believers in Ephesus and he prays to God the Father for them. And he prays primarily for two things. He prays that they would be strengthened by the Holy Spirit In the inner man, not that they would have strength just on the outside, but that they would be strong on the inside, that they would have spiritual strength, that they would have spiritual endurance and grit to face the challenges of living in an immoral and idolatrous culture. It was a difficult culture to live and stand for Christ in, and Paul prays, God, give them strength By your spirit in their inner man. And then he prays that they would be overwhelmed by God's love. That they would experience God's love which far surpasses knowledge. And that they would know the width. And that they would know the length. And that they would know the depth. And that they would know the height of God's love. And can I just encourage you again to take some time and to think about how wide and how long, how deep and how high is God's love for us. It goes as far as it can go in any given direction. His love is eternal and unconditional. And as these believers stand in a difficult day, Paul prays God. Help them to be strong and help them to be surrounded by your love. May your love be wide and long and deep and high around them so that they'll know when they're rejected by the culture, when they're persecuted by those that are ignorant of the truth, that they would be able to stand steadfastly, endure and not grow bitter because they're surrounded by his love. Paul closes the prayer then by reminding these believers that our God is able. Now to him who is able. (laughs) Church at Ephesus, you got a you got some big tall walking orders. In verse, in chapter four through chapter six, Paul is going to, to lay out the practical applications for them. They are to, in those first verses of Ephesians chapter four, they are to walk worthy of the gospel. They are to walk not as the Gentiles walk. They are to walk in light. They are to walk in love. Paul has tall orders for them to live for Jesus in their culture, and they need to know that God's strength is in them, God's love is around them, and that our God is able, and can I tell you if there's something you need to know today is that God can provide the strength to give you anything and everything that you need as you face the challenges of life, that God's love can't be measured as it goes out in its width and length and depth and height and that no matter what circumstance or situation we find ourselves in our God is able. It's important for us to know and realize. I don't know what kind of circumstance you're in today. Some of you may be in a real tight financial crisis because of the uh, world that has gone on around us and 35 plus million people out of work right now. It's, man, this maybe you've never been here before. Now you feel overwhelmed. Can I tell you, our God's able. Maybe you're facing a relational challenge or a family challenge or maybe there's just physical health issues going on in your life. Our God is Able, and that's what Paul drives home. Our God is able. So that as these believers then go to pray, Paul sets the example, shares the model that when we go to a God, our God, to pray, we know He can do. He is a can do God who is able. So, Paul lays it out. And as he lays out this, this closing section of the prayer, he challenges them now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all they could ask or think. He challenges them to embrace, embrace the ability of God embrace the ability of God God is able church understand it God's able he can see you through he can stand on your behalf he can give you the strength he can he can do things that you thought were absolutely impossible now notice how the verse starts though now to him now to him as as we embrace the ability of God, we've got to keep our focus because being strong in, in our spiritual life is not about us. He says, now to him who is able, to him, God, to him, notice verse 21, be glory and honor. It's all about him. It's all about God receiving glory through his son Jesus Christ in the church. It is about the focus that is placed on God. Our focus, whether we have to worship afar from at home or whether we get to worship corporately, it's all about God. Church is not about me. It's not about me coming and and having my preferences met and having all of my, my needs brought before everyone. No, church is all about him. We keep our focus and our focus is now to him. It's all about God getting glory through Jesus. As we think about our mission statement, love God and love others, the first two thoughts of that, that that encapsulates everything that we're talking about. Our challenge is to love God and to love our our neighbors as ourselves. That's the challenge. That's the mission. That's what we're about. So that over the last few weeks when we haven't been together corporately, can I tell you, those things have been going on. People have been showing love to God and others through Bible study teachers preparing and putting messages on Zoom or WebEx or Facebook Live, and they've been staying in contact with their people. And our deacons have been staying in contact with with people and showing God's love to to others in this process. Over the last few weeks, we've had an awesome opportunity, and and Stan Norton and, and Peg have helped uh, head up as we've collected uh, food. And, and some of that food has gone to neighbor helping neighbor as some churches have come together and we partner alongside of Calvary and Mid Rivers and, and they pass out food, but we've brought groceries, truckloads of groceries over to them. This past Monday, Connect, our our own ministry right here at the Cube, passed out boxes of food. It's important that we show love to others during this time. I had the best job at all on, on Monday when we were at the cube passing out food. I was the greeter. So that when people came onto the cube lot, I thought, I don't know what kind of day these people have had, but they are going to see the happiest greeter in the whole wide world when they pull on our lot. And I just thought, man, I am going to smile. I'm going to wave big. And, and I want to show God's love. That that's That's what it's about. We're loving God and loving others. Over the last few weeks, again, ministry hasn't gone on here. But can I tell you, ministry has gone on. Over the last few weeks, we've passed out 1,585 Chick-fil-A sandwiches to frontline COVID workers at different hospitals and some of the, uh, one of the police departments here in our area. We've passed out 500 sausage biscuits and 1,200 granola bars and 60 dozen Krispy Kreme donuts. Why? Because we want to be on mission even when the church can't gather together. We want to be loving God and loving others. That's what it's all about. Keep your focus. The focus is now to Him. We embrace his ability, but we've got to keep our focus on him. If we want to experience his strength, it's not for, for people to praise and look at us. It's for people to look at him. Keep your focus. But next, we not only need to, 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 to keep our focus, but we need to feed our faith. Feed your faith. Now notice what he says. Now to him who is able. Jesus taught us in the model prayer, for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Matthew 19:26 reminds us that with God uh, everything is possible. In Luke 137, we are reminded that, that with God nothing is impossible. It's stated in the negative in Luke 137, in the positive in Matthew 19, 26. But the message is the same. Our God is able. Now, this verse reads like a late-night infomercial. Have you seen those late-night infomercials? You know, they offer you a a product. But if you act now, then, you know, they're going to throw in a set of knives. And and, and if you act at this minute, or you're one of the first 100 callers, then, you know, they're going to throw in this matching thing. And then they ultimately come to the place and say, and you can just have everything again if you'll just pay shipping and handling. All right? Now, notice with me in Ephesians 3.20. You need to open your Bible and you need to look at the verse. Notice what it says. Now to him who is able. Now, that would be good enough just to stop right there. Our God's able. But no, there's more. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly. Oh, our God's not only able, he's able to do exceedingly. Oh, but no, friends. There's more. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly. Oh, but guess what, friends? If you act on this promise now, there's more. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that you can ask. But guess what, friends? If you act now, there's more. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly, Above all that you can ask or think according to the power that works in us. You know what this verse tells us? You can't out pray God. You can't out ask God. You can't out think the power that God brings to the table. Our God is Able. Now, let's think about the God of, of the, these awesome miracles, this God who in the past has shown himself strong. What are some of the great examples of God's strength that we need to just review in our life when we face challenges and struggles? First off, when you face a challenge in your life, remember the God of creation. Psalm 19, that the heavens declare the glory of God. Genesis 1.16 tells us, in the very end of Genesis 1.16, it says, and he made the stars also. So when we think about the sun coming up every morning, 93 million miles away, taking light about eight minutes and 20 seconds to arrive on our planet, when we see that sun every day, we are reminded of the strength and the power and the might and the ability of our God. The next closest star to our planet, to to planet Earth, is called Alpha Centauri A or B, 4.2 or 4.3 light years away. Now you tell me, is it just coincidence that God would specially, strategically place the sun 93 million miles away and the next star be 4.2 light years away? The picture is, is all creation shows the greatness and the power and the glory of our God. You scale the top of Everest at 29,000 plus feet or go down to the bottom of the Dead Sea minus 1,300 square feet below sea level, we find that God's creation cries and shows his great glory. I love the passage in Isaiah 55, which is prophetic. He says that one day the mountains and the hills are going to break forth with song before him and the trees of the field are going to clap their hands that's the glory and the power of God in creation but the great act that the children of Israel look back to every time they were in a challenge is they remembered the God of the exodus you remember the story Moses is there at the burning bush. God calls him to go to Pharaoh. He, after kind of taking the long way around, finally goes. He puts his bony finger in Pharaoh's face and says, God said, let my people go. Pharaoh said no. So he gets plagues, blood, frogs, lice, flies, the cattle, the livestock dies. There's boils, there's hail, there's locusts, there's darkness. And finally that 10th plague comes and it's the death of the firstborn. And Pharaoh says, you guys all get out of here. But God had already told the children of Israel, when you get ready to leave, ask for stuff ask and you plunder them so they begin to ask hey could I have those earrings hey could I have some extra cash as I go hey do you mind if I take this and so they take all of those things with them then Pharaoh changes his mind the children of Israel are at the Red Sea that's before them Egyptian army coming in behind them. And in Exodus chapter 14 and verse number 13, God speaks to Moses and says, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Listen, we've got to feed our faith. This stuff is true. Our God is powerful. As we look at the God of protection throughout the Old Testament and the New for that matter, but the God in the Old Testament as God showed his great and mighty power, we find that, that he saved Noah from a flood. He saved Elijah from a famine. That he saved David from Saul. That he saved Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego from a, from a fiery furnace. He saved Daniel from a lion's den. How many times did Paul even give the picture that man, I was beaten, I was torn up, I I, I was stoned, I was shipwrecked, and God protected his life. God is the God of protection. Go back and look at your Bible, turn the TV off, quit binge watching, and feed your faith. That's where the strength comes from. That's where the ability to pray comes from. Feed your faith. Then we look into the New Testament and as God unfolds his plan of the incarnation and Jesus steps into humanity, fully God and fully man. He lives a perfect life. He shows the power of God. On a couple of occasions, the glory of God just beams from his life like at the transfiguration. Then he dies on the cross for our sin. The power of God. But if you're in Ephesians chapter 3, look with me over in Ephesians chapter 1 just for a minute. Because the God of the incarnation is also the God of the resurrection. Look in Ephesians chapter 1 verse number 19. He says this, and Paul again praying for this church. What is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe? according to the working of his mighty power. Notice the illustration that he gives to show God's great power in Ephesians chapter 1 and verse number 20. He says this, "...which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead." The picture is, is the great examples of God's power from the Old Testament with creation and the exodus and then the New Testament as we step into the incarnation and the resurrection remind us that God can do. He is able. What's the, the worst thing that has ever happened to man? It's not that he dies. It's that he dies in his sin. So what did God do? Our God is the God who is able to be the God of salvation. And in Romans 1:16, Paul says, "For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and the Greek." Our God did one of his greatest works when he raised Jesus from the dead and then offered a way for us to be forgiven. Our God is able And Paul reminds us in Romans chapter 8 that if God would not spare his own son, is he not going to give us what we need to face the challenges in our life? Feed your faith. Our God's able. Can I tell you there's one other aspect of God that I want us to think about? That he, as we feed our faith, is the God of heaven The best is yet to come. You think you've seen the power and the glory of God here on the earth. Wait till we're in heaven. It's not going to be just about streets of gold and gates of pearl. and Not about that stuff. It's about a place where it has no need for the sun because the lamb is the light the glory of God shines in that awesome and wonderful place. And if our God is able to prepare a place for his people like that, we can trust him with whatever problem we face. Did I say it'd be easy? (laughs) Nope. But here's the challenge that most of us face in our life. When we deal with a problem, we try to figure it out. We try to scheme our best. We try to put our best foot forward. We try to give it our our all, our strength. And when we do that, instead of tapping into God's power, we get what we can offer. Notice, this power is the power that works according, or in us. Notice in Ephesians chapter 3 and verse number 20 at the end. He says, according to the power that works in us. So, you have to value, value your your fellowship. Value your fellowship. So, this is what it, what it is about. When I bring my own strength to the table, it's not enough. But, Paul tells us, when I tap into his strength, it's enough. His grace is sufficient. What I'm connected, as John fifteen says, like a, a vine to a branch, he can produce a fruit and work in me. Second Chronicles sixteen nine, I think is a verse that all of us men just need to hide in our heart. For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is loyal to him. Could it be that we just say, God, in my weakness, I trust your strength, your power, your ability. We embrace the ability of God. Secondly, verse number 21, as we look at that verse, we give the glory to God. We give the glory to God. We embrace the ability of God. And then when God shows up and shows Himself strong, then we embrace. We we give him all of the glory. Notice what it says, verse twenty-one: To him be glory in the church, by Christ Jesus, to all generations, forever and ever. Amen. Give the glory to God. He tells us that God is to get the glory in the church, not about us. God is to be honored, admired, praised, respected exalted. He is to be prioritized. He is to be preeminent. It's all about Him. The church is to be all about Him. The focus of the church is to be all about Him. But that's not only the focus of the church in the here and now. He says, look, this this, this focus of the church should be for all generations. Notice what he says. To Him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations, the church of tomorrow should give Him the glory. The Have, have you read any of this stuff recently? And maybe because I'm a pastor, I read it. The church will never be the same. I don't know how the church will ever recover. The church as we know it is going to be extinct. I feel like it's a blustery day, Winnie the Pooh. (laughs) Oh, no, it's sunny today. Well, it'll be rainy tomorrow. It's like we want to listen to all the eeyores of society. Can I tell you? The church is upheld By a God who is able. And our job is to seek to work in his strength and his ability to give him the glory. And can I tell you, the church isn't going anywhere until the Lord says it's going somewhere. And on that day, it is going somewhere. It's going that way. It's going up. And one day, Jesus is going to come on a cloud. And the dead in Christ are going to rise. And those who who are alive and remain are going to be carried up into heaven. They're going to be caught up. But until that day comes, there is no epitaph of the church. We don't have to take the church out to the cemetery. It is not going to die. Now, there may be some individual churches, but can I tell you, his church is not going to die because it's not built on pastors and it's not built on you. Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. The focus of the church is the glory of God. We work in his strength, his ability to give him the glory. And then, listen, notice the very ending of verse number 21, what he says. By Christ Jesus to all generations, and then notice what it says, forever and ever, the focus for eternity is the glory of God. The focus of the church right now, here, as we serve, it's all about him. But our focus for eternity is about God's glory. It's not about me. And when we get to heaven, oh, that will be glory. To live in a world without sin, without sickness, without cancer and leukemia. To live in a world without financial problems or relational problems. To live in a problem, to live in a world where your doggone car doesn't break down. To live in a world where where. Uh, your refrigerator goes out or your washer leaks. We, we live in a, in a world that has the curse of sin, but there's just a lot of things that go wrong. I mean, when your refrigerator goes out, it's not necessarily because you sinned. You may it just wore out. But then you think, oh, Lord, I, it's such an issue. But there's coming a day when all focus will be on him. When all praise will be directed to him. When the glory of heaven will be lit by him. But until that day comes, you look to a God who is able. And you walk with him and trust him. And here's my promise. He'll see you through. He'll see you through. And when that day comes and you step into eternity and you hear those words, well done, good and faithful servant, you'll know it was worth it all. The struggles, the sorrows, the hurts, the service, the sacrifice, the giving, the going, the ministering, It'll be worth it all. To him be glory forever and ever. Amen. And may that be the amen of our life. Would you bow your head and close your eyes with me? And We're going to pray. The band's going to come back up. As your head bowed and your eyes are closed, if, if you don't know that you have a personal relationship with Jesus today, we talked a little bit about the power of God and how God has the power to forgive sin. The Bible says that all of us are disqualified from a perfect heaven and with a perfect God because we've all thought things, said things, or done things that uh, have broken God's laws. And we're sinners, and He can't allow us into His perfect and holy heaven. But God provided a way through His Son, Jesus Christ. Jesus lived a perfect life, and He died on the cross to take our punishment. He was a substitute for us. And then he rose again. And if you'll receive Jesus in your life and receive his forgiveness, believing that he died on the cross for you and rose again, then you can experience the great work of salvation. And you can experience the assurance that you'll be in heaven with him one day. Many of you are believers already here today, but somewhere along the line, you've just kind of lost your focus, and you've probably done maybe a little more whining and complaining than you have praying. Maybe you haven't been feeding your faith well, and it's starting to show through a negative attitude or through how you're acting toward others. And God's speaking to you today and saying, look to me, turn, repent, look how great and wonderful I am. You can be forgiven and have your fellowship restored with him. 1 John 1, 9 says, If we confess our sin, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Don't you want a new, fresh start? You start this this week. Maybe you just need to pray a prayer, something like, Lord Jesus, my focus has been off. I've been leaning on myself. Mind me, my thought life or words I've said, things I've done. God, I know they haven't pleased you, but Lord, I, I pray for forgiveness. Lord, I turn my focus back on you. You're the God who's able. Work fresh in my life. Lord, forgive me. May the fellowship be restored. May my life be one that's feeding on who you are, your word and your truth. Lord, I pray that you would take these next minutes as the band plays and as we really conclude. But God, that you take it and stir our hearts. In the name of Jesus, amen.